All right, we're here to talk about how to fire somebody. We figured it would be best to get firsthand experience from four individuals that have terminated people ranging from, what I think, like five years to, to 15 years. You do want to make it as, as humane as possible. You want to pull the Band-Aid off right away. We do have to draw a line in the sand at some point. Sound Smart Business, where your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stomp, cover business in the news and add their awesome legal twist. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast brought to you by Pasha Law PC, a law firm representing your business in California, Illinois, New York, and Texas. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stomp. All right, we're here to talk about how to fire somebody. In fact, we're going to do something different today. We're going to bring someone in onto the podcast and fire them live on national podcast. No, no, we're not doing that. But uh, we are doing something different today, uh, right, Matt? Yeah, I, I, you know, we we obviously have our input from the perspective of attorneys, but we're not always the ones that are that are terminating people. And oftentimes, with our with our clients, there's people within the company that are handling the termination. So we figured it would be best to get firsthand experience from four individuals that have terminated people ranging from, what do I think, like five years to, to 15 years. So it's going to be some valuable information for any business owner. Right. I think put together literally decades of experience, not including ours. And so... I don't know. Let's 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 take let's take a listen. Uh, introduce some of our guests. There's four of them. Three are HR professionals and one employment law attorney. Here they are. So I've been in human resources going on now twenty plus years. I practiced employment law for the past six years before starting my current position at Carole, which I started sometime in uh, late 2019. Well, I've been in the HR field, human resources field, for I think over 15 years now. Um, I've been their director for 11 years. Prior to that, I have a fairly extensive background in HR consulting, specifically working with professional employer organizations. So I'll tell you, these people are across the map. And what I find interesting is that basically they're from two states, I should say, Texas and California. And the, the Texas perspective, the California perspective, you can very easily see the difference. And, and luckily, like both, you know, Matt and I, you, you obviously live in California and I live in Texas. Um, obviously, we, we practice in both states, um, our firm, but it's, it's good to have that kind of uh, dichotomy, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because as, you'll, as listeners will hear during the recordings we're playing, it's very different in terms of employee protections in California versus versus Texas. So for the, I guess for, for those that are multi-jurisdictional, maybe they've encountered it, but for those contained within one of those two states or even another state, might be some surprising information that they'll be hearing from these individuals. Right. And even though they had different perspectives, I think they all had a common theme of of how to approach a termination in the sense that, and I think this is something that we preach quite a bit as well, is that, look, the other person you're firing, they're a human being. And at the same time, though, they, they had different kind of subtle perspectives on it. Let me, let me just play uh, how they all approached the termination process. You do want to make it as, as humane as possible, and you want to you know, let the person off easy, give them a runway, whatever it may be. You know, make the distinction between emotion and what and what the focus should be, which is that is are are we focusing on whether or not this person can perform this, their 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 duties? Are we focusing on whether we can correct whatever deficits there are and get them to perform the duties we hire them because it costs to hire, right? So that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> it it costs there are significant costs to hiring and there's significant costs associated with hiring the wrong people and having them exit your, your, your organization too quickly. 
there's there's a thought leader his name is bob chapman and he has this quote and it is everyone's someone's precious child i sorry i get i get a little choked up when i think about that we want to always consider that human aspect and be as compassionate as we we possibly can but then we do have to draw a line in the sand at some point right so you see how I, I thought one of the, the, the one of the HR directors that quoted uh, Bob Chapman, her name's Patty Cuthill out, out there in California. And she was interesting, but you, you can see how each of them, to a different degree, took into consideration the emotional, the human aspect of the person you're firing. And I just want to add, this is not these are these are HR professionals. Part of their job is risk management to understand, to protect both the employer, but also, you know, minimize risk and these kinds of things. And it, and it goes to tell you, like, this stuff actually matters. This isn't just something that people say, like, yeah, you have to be, you know, nice and, you know, be respectful. There, there's some purpose <laughs> to it other than, you know, being a good person. Right. And I'm not going to try to put a percentage on it, but I would assume that the vast majority of the time, they're, they're not the, the person who's doing the actual terminations, not enjoying it. Unless we're talking about a completely miserable employee that no one liked and they're finally getting them, it's toxic and they're finally getting them out of there. If someone's been around even for you know six months, a year, it's still going to be, there's still going to be some sort of you know humane treatment or emotional connection, possibly and in, in doing the termination, but like like some of them were saying, you, you have to draw that line between the two and kind of look at this from both a, a legal perspective, a risk management perspective. I think always in the back of your head, in the back of their head, there's going to be just that you know they might feel bad about the situation because you know we'll go back to that Bob Chapman quote. For the most part, no one really wants to see somebody lose their job. I think even even someone who is a terrible employee that they're still probably thinking, well, I don't, you know, there's at the end of the day they're going to be unemployed. So it's not something someone necessarily wants to see, but you know, it's just a lot of different thoughts going through the head, but as we'll talk later, it's this is all in the the planning phase. I think once you get to the actual termination, you know, it's kind of a a different I think it might be a different approach that some of them might take. It's funny that you mentioned the employer being miserable or the employee being miserable because Patty, I wasn't planning on playing this, but Patty actually addressed this. And I thought it was a pretty keen comment that, here, let me just play it. Sometimes people stay too long because they just don't know what to do. And they're usually pretty miserable. If you as an employer are miserable, they're probably pretty miserable too. Right. If you are an employer that's miserable with your employee, the employee is probably miserable too. I think, I think that's a very... Mm-hmm. Very true comment, and it, it's it, it's very rare, and really it shouldn't be that way. It's very rare that the person should be surprised that the termination is occurring, and if they are, then you're probably doing it wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, unless it's a if if it's performance based, then yeah, I, I would agree with you. And if it's some sort of like a mandatory downsizing or you know just financially, then I could see them being more surprised. But yeah, if it's, <laughs> if there's a situation where it's, you know, pretty much purely performance-based and the employee's surprised, um, you know, that, that really shouldn't be the case, I guess, unless they're completely oblivious to everything in their surroundings. Right. And of course, our, our experts agree. This is what they have to say about whether it should be a surprise or not. And it shouldn't be a surprise what they had to say. You know, if we've made the decision to terminate, Really, the ideal situation is that the employee isn't going to be blindsided by it. There has been some sort of a performance improvement plan initially. If that plan hasn't, you know, turned out successfully, that then we've gone down the the road of disciplinary action. You know, be that a written warning, final written, and really just having those ducks in a row. So that way, you know, when that meeting does take place, it still is going to be a, a difficult one, but. Again, it's something where it's it's not a surprise to anyone that's involved. That was uh, Anitra. She she's also has plenty of years of experience in HR, and she's out of California. And that was a big theme for her is preparation. Like, have you have you done what you needed to do to make sure that your employee isn't blindsided by the termination? And of course, uh, Patty had a had a similar goal. 
but ultimately, you know, my personal goal is that when that person gets to that point, that it's not a surprise to them. So one thing that a big theme of our podcast, for those of that have been listening for a while, and I know most of you have, is we talk about risk management when it comes to how expectations are not met and how the perceptions of each party, if there's any difference, you know, difference between there and the greater the difference, the more likely there's going to be a dispute. And so I think the point is, is that if you've done your job and you've communicated negative performance indicators to your employees, when it comes down to the actual conversation, by that time, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise because if it is, the risk of there being a dispute just skyrockets. And we talk about the terminating event is, is probably your, your biggest risk, legal risk, when it comes to your employees is that, that moment in time. Yeah, and I, so I think this is what you were getting at here, but the, when I think of the planning perspective, it, I think of it in two different phases. One is the immediate planning you know, right before the termination of whether, you know, the risk management aspect of, you know, is this going to subject us to a potential lawsuit, wrongful termination, you know, retaliation, et cetera. But the, probably the more important one, and let, I mean, let me know if you disagree, Nasser, but the more important one's the, the long-term planning before that. And that's, and I think that's kind of ties into this shouldn't be a surprise. It's, you know, informing employee doing, if you do annual reviews or quarterly reviews, make sure to do that. Give them constructive feedback. If there's some sort of performance issue, you need to sit down with them and talk to them and document that. So there's a, a trail of a paper trail that can show like, look, these are the times I sat you down. There's performance issues here. So like some of these professionals have said, it isn't a surprise. This, this, you've been given all these different warnings. You've been given many opportunities and now we're just, it's a time where we have to make the call. Right. Uh, I mean, that's absolutely right. And, and I'm, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned the distinction in the beginning of the episode between laying off and laying off because of downsizing versus uh, terminating somebody because they, because of performance. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think a, Perhaps we should make the distinction because a lot of this, when you're laying off because of downsizing, it, it's it's a much different kind of approach, right? But for the most part, you know, absent this last year in 2020, uh, for the most part, most terminations I think that people have trouble with is those with performance because sure. it is, by its nature, it's confrontational, right? If it's a lot easier to say like, hey, look, you know, business is slow, or we lost X client or customers, sales are down, and we have to let people go. And often it's more than one person, or we're eliminating this position because we can't afford it. That conversation is just inherently easier. Yeah. It just is. Oh yeah. No, no question. And you know, obviously every situation is different with, with every employer, but I, th I think even when there's those, oh, putting this last year aside, because that's kind of a anomaly, but you know, generally speaking, I think the employees or at least some of the, at least, uh, you know, the higher up ones are going to have a feeling when there's some financial issues with the company. And I'm not going to say they, right. they see the writing on the wall, but there's, it's not going to be a complete surprise, you know, in those right. instances. But, you know, there are times too, especially for the employees that might be lower on the totem pole and they're just not even aware of, you know, their job's the same no matter what. And they're not even aware that there's some sort of financial concerns or, things like that. Right. And, and again, it's part of communication. If, if you're not communicating how the health of the business is doing and there's a, you know, gradual decline over months and then all of a sudden you have to make the decision to terminate and your employees are like, well, I thought we were doing well, you know, that of course, again, can, can cause issues. Um, especially if they're not the only, if, if they feel like, why am I being terminated and not this guy or this person, you know? Yeah, um, those, those are the issues that come up, of course. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation of, you know, if you're, <laughs> if it, you know, three people in one department and you're terminating one of the three, I mean, there's a lot of legal considerations that go into that, but that's, that's a whole nother, I don't know if any of them, if any of the people we, uh, on that we got for this spoke on that issue, but that's, that's a whole different realm. <laughs> right. And we've had a deal with that. It's not, 
it's not as easy as people think, you know, it's not, it's not just like, Hey, let's just pick the person that we feel like is the best fit. It's not mm. as simple, especially if you're doing a mass layoff. Yeah, you're, you know? right, you're exactly. But nonetheless, I think again, a common theme is I, I again, I, I have to go back to Patty. I, she, she had a, she had a lot of these kind of idioms that, uh, and you know, I, I like those kind of the sayings. Um, she had this, uh, question to ask yourself before you terminate them. This is what she said. Everything that happens before termination is probably the most important thing, which is, you know, giving them an opportunity to bring their skill sets up, coaching them, caring for them. You know, we have a saying here that is, have I earned the right to fire them? Right. Have I earned the right to fire them? And so, I don't know, I thought that was, again, just, uh, it's, it's an interesting concept. I, I, I feel like it's a good check. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it may be a little too much. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, just kind of getting a survey in my head of different clients and how they approach terminations. Because, uh, you know, look, let's just be real. I mean, business is business, is business right? And you have to kind of go through some tough decisions as, as things go on. And, but asking that question, have you earned the right, really does have a lot to do with risk management. Again, it has to do with setting expectations and making sure there's no surprise in these kinds of things. Yeah, and she put that, that's what I was trying to say before with the kind of the two different phases of planning. And but she put that perfectly. I, I think that's a good way to describe what every HR person is should be thinking before they make the decision to actually terminate. Right. So let's talk about preparation. Right. So th- they've all said you have to prepare. Okay. Well, what what exactly are you preparing? One of the biggest the biggest challenges HR leaders have is the manager will come and they'll say, "Well, time to fire John." And <laughs> okay, well, it's time to fire. What does that mean? What have you done? And then I'll pull the file, and the uh, performance management will be fours across the board, all the great scores, fives, whatever. And um, then I'm like, okay, there's no documentation. There's no so from a legal standpoint, that's probably one of the biggest things that happen is that that has to really be buttoned up before you go into a termination process. And this is what Anitra said. Again, if, if you're seeing a problem arise, first having a, a very you know transparent and candid conversation with that individual about what is not working and, and starting to approach it from a coaching perspective, because a lot of times you know we'll get to that termination and the employee's hey, I, I didn't realize or I wasn't aware. And again, that's worst case scenario, of course. But, you know, really starting there and, and sometimes that, that's being able to avoid that termination. But other than that, I, I always go back to the, the best practice of just document, document, document. Um, you know, that, that's really a, a good way to cover bases and again, ensure that, you know, employer as well as employee are very aware of what the expectations are, what's not being met and, and what needs to, to happen as far as next steps. Document, document, document. On one hand, it should be in theory enough that you're communicating with your employees about their performance on a regular basis and giving feedback, be direct, these kinds of things. But having those conversations are not enough. You have to document those conversations. Mm-hmm. And Tedessa went through the kind of the list of what those could, could, could entail forward all correspondence regarding coachings, performance evaluations, records of counseling, performance improvement plans, and any correspondence that management had with the employee regarding their performance that led up to their termination. Yeah, the, the way I look at it or approach it is basically you, gotta, you have to think, like you, you basically have to assume that there's going to be a, a lawsuit that surfaces as a result. And, you know, most realistically, most of the time there isn't, but you have to have that planning, that documentation to, to think that's going to happen. So that's, that's kind of the way I look at it, at least. No, and absolutely, especially, <laughs> let's just speak plainly, especially in California. I'll tell you, it is a, such a different world, the employment law protections in California versus Texas and other states for that matter are just completely different. And in fact, Amr, an attorney in in California, he's practiced employment law 
Let's hear his perspective on this. Sure. I mean, it's always obviously important to have all your paperwork lined up. Here in California, obviously, there's very strict laws that protect employees. So those obviously have to be checked. Make sure that you're abiding by them, making sure, for example, you know, you're, you're paying them in accordance with California law when a termination occurs. Uh, when you know that the termination is, in, is going to occur, you have to pay them on the day of the termination. There are certain documents that are required. So making sure all those things are in order, that as an employer, you want to make sure you're addressing issues of employee morale. You know, if, if it could be someone who's well-liked in the office, but their performance wasn't up to snuff for whatever reason. So you want to be able to directly address employee morale and not necessarily sweep things under the rug because people can talk and they create, you know, negative and toxic situations sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he's he's exactly right. It's uh, it's not just the actual thinking through the process. Because I, I guess maybe the in having dealt with this many issues, many, this issue many times, I think some of the newer or less seasoned HR people, their concern going in to the actual termination day or event is basically like, what am I going to say? And they, they almost even think, they almost even want to like write out what they want to say sometimes because they're so concerned about things. But yeah, you have to have the the procedural aspects in as well. I mean, like he's, like he was, like Amar was saying, they have to be paid essentially immediately, both wages, you know, last paycheck and vacation pay, things to that effect, certain things that need to be documented. So there's a whole laundry list of items that need to be taken care of. It's not just you do the termination and that's it. There's 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 more that goes into it, both before and after. Right. And and it varies by state. And there's also I was speaking to California, yeah, specifically, but yeah, you're I mean, yeah, you're it, you're right. It varies by state and and federal law, of course, like like there'll be things about COBRA insurance. I think Amr mentioned the final paycheck. That's pretty big in California. Um yeah. in Texas Texas, you, there, there's some there's some timing requirements, but the penalties aren't as strict as compared to California. So people have asked us this about. I mean, I don't know. I I personally don't like a script because, again, you you have to remember you're talking to a real person and having a conversation. But I kind of get like, for example, Patty was a proponent of that, and I kind of get from an HR perspective, it's like, look, not everyone can play off the cuff like that. They do have to have some kind of outline or script. Uh, let me see if I can find that clip. This is what well, she said. Yeah, be, before that, though, my, my reasoning with that, I, I'm not a fan of it. And the reason is it's going to go off script. It's, this, isn't a, this isn't a sales call where a salesman has a whole list of you know, questions that are going to be asked or how to respond if somebody has, says no. Like they're, they're, You're not going to be able to fully prepare every single response to any question or statement that the the employees is making so i the reason i'm not a big fan of it is you know they go off script and the person that's doing the termination might kind of get flustered or, or not know what to say you know and i guess some people might need it but I, i'm just not a, a fan of that because it I mean, you might run into territory where you say something you shouldn't or you didn't want to disclose just because you feel like you need to say something in response i'm more of the opinion of just have the general things that you need to address and kind of keep it contained within those items, no matter what the employee says back. Well, Patty's not here to defend herself, but let's <laughs> see what she has to say. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see. Let's listen. We keep a script, you know, we try to do that from a legal perspective, but I would say that it's kind of a finesse where you have to know how to say things where it can um, be encouraging and heartfelt and kind without giving yourself, putting yourself at risk. So she, she kind of said something to the effect of, uh, like, I, it, it almost seems she was saying, like, I, again, I'm, she's not here, so I don't want to put words in her mouth, but we have a script for what she says legal purposes, but mm -hmm. you require finesse. And so it seems like it's something similar to what you're saying. It's like, hey, even if you have a script, it's, it's going to go off script, and you still have to be ready to, you know, uh, yeah. adapt to that. And, and I'm, I haven't seen her script. I, I think it's sort of the, I, from what I gathered, at least, it's sort of the approach is like these, on the back end, she wants to make sure that, or whoever's reading, whoever is dealing with this, wants to make sure that, you know, these, they say these uplifting or positive things, you know, at the end or whatever it is. And they just want to make sure that those items are addressed. Just kind of the, um, what's that, the, like the compliment sandwich approach where you say something nice 
and then like the the bad things in the middle and then the 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 end is more something positive i I think maybe that that's what i gathered from that i could just be completely misreading it but you're right too she also said there's some finesse to it it's not like you're a robot and you have to just you know say the exact things no matter what they say back all i heard was sandwich and robot and i was very interested (laughs) but uh no you're you're, uh, once again like it's i think that's a actually a very (laughs) astute observation i i think i've heard the sandwich analogy before but I, i i think that's that's right on like if you give those general guidelines and 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 fit into there like like i said i now that i think about it i've had i don't know how many times we've had conversations where clients like okay i need to terminate this person what should i say and it's like okay well where do i start with that question right it's kind of uh uh, Mm -hmm. and what they're asking for is some guidelines and that that's that script you know that outline to to go through yeah so risk management okay now, these are so three of these people are HR professionals. We're obviously attorneys, and the, the fourth person we interviewed is an, is an attorney. When do you contact HR and when do you contact an attorney? Well, my inclination is to say for the HR, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, it's, <laughs> I guess as soon as possible is my answer for both. It's never too early to, at least, because it's not like you're, I mean, I guess it's even a situation where, so are you asking they're definitely going to terminate the employee at this point or they're considering it? I guess either way, my answer is the same is that you, they both need to be contacted HR and the attorney as soon as possible. Right. Uh, H, and by the way, not, I mean, now that I think about it, not everyone has HR, right? But right, everyone right. should have some resource of a human resource person to go to when they need it. I think for me, again, it kind of depends upon the how, the experience of the HR professional that you're using and also the size of the organization. Because yeah. if you have an in-house HR department, going to an attorney every single time probably doesn't make sense. But if you're a little bit smaller, perhaps it does. I, I, I think the HR, I'm sorry, I think going to a council, I think you should reserve that to high-risk situations. I don't know. I, I think it depends because I mean, no, there's, I, a, there's I, a cost to, it, to that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I just we're we're trying to do we're trying to answer a question with of every scenario. So yeah, right. I mean, I, I agree with what you just said. But yeah, it's you know, if, if it's a smaller company or there's no HR person or you know, obviously, like you said, if it's high risk or a high up person, then sure. I mean, that's go to the attorney, just plan for it. But yeah, if it's if it's a big company where terminations are pretty frequent and, you know, it's just a person who wasn't performing, they know it, you probably, you know, you don't even really need to involve the attorney at that point if you do have an HR person that's seasoned enough to to handle it correctly. Right. Because I, I would say no, no, no offense to the HR professionals or whether the ones that we spoke to or anyone else, but when it comes to the high risk situations and, and I'll, I'll tell you the most typical high risk situation, it's, you have a person that you need to terminate because they're a bad employee and they're underperforming, but there's no documentation. There's been positive reviews, in, in, if, if any, in, in, in previous performance reviews. And unfortunately, the timing is such where the employee had some kind of event, which makes it even more high risk, like they suffered a certain disability or they filed a complaint against the employer or some incident within the office. And, and then it's like, okay, on one hand, you, can, you need to terminate them because they're not a good employee and you can't afford to keep them on. But on the other hand, because of what's happened in, because of lack of documentation, what's happened, they're going to think that you're terminating them for an unlawful reason, even if it's not an unlawful reason. They're going to think that. What do you do? It's not an easy situation. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, that's, we've dealt with that before. It's, <laughs> it's not really, a, it's basically the, what's going to be the path of least resistance in, in those scenarios? Because you're, you're not going to have a, a perfect solution there. Right. And, and at this other side, like uh, HR, though, is, is incredibly important, especially the in-house, because, you know, we, 
anytime we get involved, we're, all, we're also working with HR, right? They're going to be the ones that are going to be, we're very rarely, if it happens, we're very rarely in the room in a termination event as attorneys, unless it's a high, um, you know, high level employee or, or, or something to that effect. So it's, so usually it's the HR professional and it's usually the HR professional of the, of the client that's reaching out to us because of some high risk situation. But I thought a, a good question that we asked some of uh, our guests were, what is the role of HR? Because I think there's a lot of kind of miss, uh, myths about what, what exactly their role is. And I thought Tedessa had a really good answer. Again, she's out of California, uh, Texas, sorry. But we do want to obviously protect our, our company in the event of terminations and also act in the best interest of employees as well. Obviously, HR's, uh, you know, nature in a business is always duplicitous. You know, we work for the, the, the company and we also advocate for the employee. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like I honestly think that's one of the best answers, which may be surprising to some because there is some vagueness to it. But that's that's truly the case, like a an HR department or HR professional, they, they're that connection between so-called management and the employee, where in a, if an employee has an issue, they can go to HR. But at the same time, HR is there to protect the company. So it ends up being in the company's benefit to have a culture where people feel comfortable to go to HR. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and we all know the kind of the, the reputation HR departments can have, and either you'll have the very strict kind of HR department where you know it's almost as if like you don't even want to talk to them because they're all they're all they are is paper pushers and kind of uh, uh, going through red tape. Where and then you have the other side of the fence where they're 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 not looking out for the employer and they're just this advocate for the employee, which can also be dangerous. It's really a balance. Yeah, and just go and your everything you said and what she said was exactly right too. And just going back a little bit though, the HR versus attorney to generalize, I think the the HR person's going to be a lot less cold than the attorney would be in a situation like this. So that's right. why you see them handling it. It's I mean maybe it's just you and me. I think uh Amr's from what I've heard of him too, is probably the same. It's, you know, we, yeah. we keep it, we keep it very, uh, I don't want to say cold necessarily, but it's very straightforward and to the point and no, no emotional ties, mostly because we don't have those, you know, same relationships that someone within the company might, but that's what you're going to get with an attorney for the, I assume for the most part. You're right. And, but we have the luxury to do that. We have the luxury to be like, well, look, if you fire this person, here's the risks. Or look, you have this is an at-will employment. You have every right to terminate this employee, and so you can terminate them, and you should do it. There's no reason you shouldn't should should not do it. But you know, we in a way we're kind of speaking out of uh, from a distance, you know, and that can have its advantages and disadvantages in the sense that on one hand we're looking as an outsider a lot more clearly. But on the other hand, we're also not on the ground to be able to understand some of the nuances of right. these particular yep. employees, you know. Exactly, exactly right. But we, but, and we, we try to make up for that. Like a lot of the times we ask questions, uh, these are important questions that your lawyers should be asking you. Like, can, what is the personality? If uh, a, qu a common question that I ask is that, okay, if you were to terminate them today, would they be surprised? Uh, and that's my, one of my go-to questions. And often the clients will give pause. And I, I feel like the longer they pause, the more nervous I get, because the answer should be, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode, the answer should be no, they should not be surprised. Or, well, the, it's, it's, they're not expecting it, but I think after a com this is a common answer, and I think a, a good answer, they may be surprised at first, but not secondarily. Like when they actually start packing their stuff and going home and talking to their family, it's... It, it, they understand, they get it. And that's, that's probably the goal. I mean, it's, 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 if, if they actually know that they're going to be fired and it's not a surprise at all, that's probably rare. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I agree with that. So let's talk, Matt, about the actual termination. Uh, 
throughout this entire episode so far, we've been talking about preparation, which by the way, is, is exactly how our HR employment law guest also handled it. They, they spent very little time, and these, by the way, these are obviously long interviews that were cut down and we're, we're, we're playing clips, but they spent very little time on the actual sitting down and terminating the person. And why is that? Well, because first of all, that moment is, is just a moment. All, all the, the way to handle this is all in the preparation, all in, we talked about the preparing of documentation, understanding why you're terminating them, uh, you know, risk management and evaluating that and so forth. But, but what about the actual termination? Well, the, and I think I was touching on this earlier, the, the way I think about it is, and you're, I think you'll get this analogy because you're, you're from Ohio, from Indiana, as well, as some people might know, there's a lot of, uh, amusement parks in the Midwest, but there's one in particular in Cedar point in Ohio which I forget, yep. I can't remember the name of it. I don't know if it's still even there. At the time when I went, it was the highest roller coaster in the US. But it's this very slow, It's you get in, it's this very, very slow climb all the way up, you know, it takes forever. I think it was like 420 feet, and then it drops you straight down, which is, you know, five seconds or whatever it is. That's how I look at this. It's all that time spent planning, the actual termination is just that quick drop, and that's how it should be. <laughs> no, that's true. I think, who was it? It was, it looks like it was Patty that used this analogy. One second here. So um, I do w work with my hiring manager because um, we usually do it in teams of two, myself and the manager. And I, you know, I share with him less is kind of more, you know, you want to really be, you, you want to pull the bandaid off right away. Uh, you know, you, you do want to say, look, this is a serious meeting. Yeah, pull pull the bandaid off right away. That's just how you do it. And yeah. and e e even you know we, again we've had these conversations. Even employers that are very compassionate and close, you know, there's this want to, you know, sit down and kind of ease into it, and you know, even taking them out, you know, for for lunch or something like that. This kind of this this transition. And, and one thing that I, I always say, it's like, look, don't, don't confuse what you, what you think is best for you versus what's best for them. Because some of that is like your, your, your slow ease into it oftentimes is your coping me mechanism rather than theirs, because you, you really need to get to the point, uh, make it simple. And th there's a lots of reasons for that, but I'll tell you one kind of practice. And, and, uh, Matt, you can, I'm sure you may have different perspective too, but one practical aspect of this is that when it comes to having conversations about why they're terminating and so forth, uh, different, I think even our guests had different perspectives on this, but me personally, I don't, it's not a, usually appropriate to go into details as to the why. Some people, some HR people say, you don't even need to talk about anything why. It's like, hey, you, you are terminated, right? Others people know it's okay, you have to talk about this. I'm of the opinion that there's no, at the termination event, there's no reason to go into too much detail about the why, because that can be done later. You can, if, if, if you, if you are concerned about the well-being because it's going to be hard news for them to take it, trust me, no matter what you say, it's going to be hard news. But one thing that you can actually do to actually give a positive effect is after you terminate them, you can reach out to them. Uh, if you have that relationship, you can ask them out to coffee, to lunch, and, and, or a separate meeting to have that kind of closure that maybe you're sinking, but maybe helpful to that person too. But uh, again, yeah. like uh, you pick a thousand HR people, you know, more than half will probably disagree with me, but that's my perspective. All right. I got a lot. I have a lot of things to say. Hopefully I can remember <laughs> all of them. Okay. Uh, so I Gear completely up. agree. With, yeah, I completely agree with you in part because like we've said a bunch of times and like the professionals have said, it shouldn't be a surprise. So I, I agree with you in that sense. And also keeping it short, in, in my opinion, nothing good can happen once that door's opened and there's a more detailed discussion about it. I mean, like best case scenario, they, you know, you, you say everything perfectly and the employee doesn't have any more information, but it's, it just is, to me, it just seems likely something's gonna slip out. And if they wanna take some sort of legal action, 
they're you know it's it's just some ammunition they can use moving forward so i i agree keep it short the other thing too is i'm sure our professionals have encountered this you're going to get employees that are going to fight to try to keep their job some are just going to accept it but the others there's definitely going to be others that are going to you know just try to justify and this is part of the reason you don't want to go into too much detail or much detail at all is they're going to argue against what you're saying or they're going to justify that no this isn't the case actually i did a b and c when you're so again to me there's just no there's just nothing good that can come of going into too much detail for for all those reasons right i'll tell you even the best so-called best uh, terminations i've overheard still result in give me a second chance i have family i have kids these kinds of things that are i mean it's we said it from the beginning this is not fun stuff it's hard but keeping it simple and and kind of coming out with a mantra of you know this is our decision or you know to let you go and kind of repeating that as they kind of go back and forth that is the most and, and if they like but i you know can you explain why can you explain, explain this and you can give some general details but what i again this is my i go i'm happy to go through those details with you but this decision has been made. I'm happy to discuss that, you know, at another time, because they, they need to be given the message that this is this is a final decision. This is not something of a negotiation, and yeah, it just makes it easier. I mean, I, I I always tell people. Actually, I got this from my brother, and I adopted it. It's like if if there's bad news, tell me right away. You know, good news I can wait for, and if if I find out that you know you had bad news and you delayed, it's like. You know, that, that's, that's more frustrating, you know, and um, I, I think that there's some psychology to that. Yeah, that's a, that's a Michael Scott move is give me the good news. He'll, he, he, would definitely, <laughs> he would definitely just act like nothing bad is happening and all, and then at the end be like, oh, yeah, also you're, I have to fire you. Right. <laughs> that, oh, one, yeah. one quick thing that Patty mentioned that we haven't mentioned at all yet, which is sage advice is, she said, we always do it in teams of two. We always recommend to have a second person in the room oh, yeah. on the on the employer side, which we haven't mentioned at all yet. No, a good point. Again, it's just part of uh, unfortunate, the, the world we live in, you have to have a witness. When it comes to litigation surrounding an unlawful termination, the actual employment, uh, the actual termination event, meaning that conversation that occurs during termination is always, you know, Exhibit number one, right? The, the what, whatever is said in there, and there's a couple things that happens when you have someone else in the room. It's it's about people having a certain decorum. This is a professional meeting. They both the person doing the termination and the person being terminated. I think feel um, it just it's just different when you have a you know it, you you can't have the same conversation, and especially if you're close with that employee. It, it's more the reason, right? You have that you have that person in the room and it's it kind of puts things in perspective and then then of course if it's an hr professional they can they've gone through that experience and, and can help the process yeah and and i also think in the you know if, from the employee's perspective they walk they you know let's say there's this meeting that gets set for with them they walk in and they see the person they're expecting to meet with and somebody else who you know, it can vary on who the person is but i think right then and there for the most part they probably understand what's about to happen <laughs> Yeah. If they don't already. Oh, I know. It's like a, you walk in, oh, um, you know, so-and-so from HR is here. Obviously, I know what's next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something. something Am I getting bad. a promotion or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. So I, I, I can't remember which one of our guests said this. And of course, I can't find the clip. But there was discussion about, you know, after the termination is done, you know, don't follow them to their desk. Don't watch them leave unless there's a real concern, you know, but again, oftentimes there's not, you know, have, have offer things like, Hey, you know, if you want to meet me at a coffee shop and I can get you your stuff, or if you want to come after hours, I can meet you to pick up your stuff and pack up your things. And these kinds of things, you really have to treat these people with dignity and respect. And, and, and part of that is, doing it in person. And one thing I wanted to talk about is how COVID-19 has affected that kind of 
you know, respect that you would want to give to an employee that you don't want to do it over the phone or over Zoom yeah. if you don't have to. But in these days, <laughs> sometimes you, 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 you're forced to do so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that most would prefer to at least have the, give the employee the respect of, you know, a face-to-face -face meeting. But <laughs> it's just, I mean, it hasn't, it's not doable right now. I mean, I guess it, you know, depends on the, depends on the company, but for the most part, it's just not feasible. Right. And, and the state and what's going on right now. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We did ask how COVID changed the termination, how to terminate. Did, did it change at all? And this is what uh, some of our guests said. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily changed, but it, there, it does pose some logistical issues. To me, the, the termination process really hasn't changed except for the fact there has to be higher empathy. Yeah, so I, I, mm -hmm. I, Patty said that, and then Tedessa, I think, said something different too, uh, or along the same lines, that the relationship between employers and employees have changed. Mm -hmm. I think that the pandemic had a significant impact on the entire employment to relationship with employees. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like, how do you give those performance evaluations, especially like, you know, we, we talk about immediate feedback, like you don't want to have a performance evaluation on something of a mistake that your employee did a month ago, right? You, if, if there was a mistake that occurred, you should address it directly and right away. And, and if they're not in the office, it's not as easy to do that in a, you know, in an effective manner, because what are you doing? You're, you're either sending them an email or a message or getting on Zoom. And it's just, we know it's just different, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a good point. But these uh, in-person versus virtual terminations are, that's another thing altogether. And I think we've talked about in the last COVID episode that it seems like a lot of the terminations in California have been pretty much all virtual this last uh, six months. Whereas I think in other states like Texas, uh, we've had the again, the luxury convenience or whatever you want to say uh, to, to do these things in person. Yeah. And to me, it makes it both easier and more difficult. I would think from the HR person's perspective or whoever's doing the termination, easier in the sense that they don't have to be in the same room with the person, but also more difficult, I guess, for the same reason, because maybe it's just me, but it's, it's difficult. I mean, what do they say? 70% of the communication is nonverbal and you can right. still get some with zoom, but not, you're not going to get the full 70%. There's just going to be things that are missing. And you know, just from a technical technological perspective, you know, what well, there's bad internet or delays or things like that, it's just not the same as being in person. So maybe net it's maybe about the same both because it's both easier and more difficult, but there's, there are some challenges for sure. So, yeah. So, so, the impact of the pandemic is is definitely there. Besides the fact that there's been a, a, a ton of uh, layoffs and terminations that employers had to go through, and unfortunately, you know, as of right now, the numbers are continue to grow. the The number on, of unemployed and and you know maybe maybe you know in six months or so, Matt, you and I can talk about how to hire an employee instead of terminating an employee. But um, really, yeah. this is what this is what's going on right now. Yeah, that's the reality. And I, I, again, I, I think it does make things, if, if there's any silver linings to what's happened, it, it does make things a little bit easier because if speaking specifically just to having to terminate someone because, you know, it's at least some justification or it, may, it might not justification, but it might, it might ease the burden of it just a little bit, just because there's something else that the employer can lean on. But I don't know if that really changes things too much. I'm I'm trying to find a silver lining here. No, yeah, actually, it's a good point. I mean, COVID nineteen has made it easier to go through that process because, again, people understand it has to do with that. It's not being a surprise if if you're a restaurant in COVID nineteen, the fact that you're not being terminated would be a surprise for many people. Yeah, right. So good, po good um, point. Yeah. So in that sense. Um, I, I have seen, there has been a tick up of, a, of some employment related litigation. Again, like it has to do with, you know, if you're laying off of your workforce, like why me and not the other person, you know, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But nothing, nothing too unusual for uh, what we can expect for, 
these times. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. Well, all right. I feel like, so the last episode, if you haven't heard it, it's awesome, frankly, the, um, on, on COVID kind of went through that. That was a little depressing, but I would say talking about terminating employees almost equally, if not more depressing, but <laughs> hopefully it's still some take-home tips for that. And of course, uh, you know, by the way, Matt, we should, we should thank our sponsor. Oh, we still have the sponsor? They stuck around? They did. They renewed for one more episode, provided that we actually mentioned their name. I think, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if last time we did it did or not, but um, they did oh, pay one in episode, advance. A one-episode contract. Yeah, let me see. Let me look. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Posh Law PC. It's a business corporate law firm practicing in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois. Very good. So, of course, can help. they can help with your employment issues, specifically if you want to terminate your workforce. I'm still, by the way, I'm still interested in bringing someone in to terminate live. If any, if any of you guys want to volunteer with that, if you have an employee that you want to terminate, we can just have them call into the podcast and we'll do it for you. It's kind of an extra service for, for listening. I think that's a good idea. I don't know if we want to advertise that, but is that a good, uh, do you think that's uh, fits in the line with the tidbits, like being compassionate and, you know, trying to, <laughs> yeah. these kinds of things. Um, publishing the their termination for anyone to download yeah i think that fits into the compassionate and humane uh <laughs> advice that some some of them gave exactly well either way hopefully those are some good tips don't forget to follow us on all our social media and check out our website we have so much more information on tips from everything about running your business from a to z starting your business or even closing your business, frankly. And we've have many, like literally hundreds of episodes of, of the podcast to also listen in to some of these subjects. So please listen, leave positive reviews. And if you have any questions or comments, also feel free to reach out to us as well. Yep. And as always, keep it sound and keep it smart. Thank you. You just listened to Legally Sound Smart Business with Asar Pasha and Matt Staub. For more information about the podcast, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. This podcast is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening to or engaging with the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice but rather is produced for entertainment and educational purposes only. Do not rely on the information on this podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and does not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. This podcast may contain portrayals of clients by non-clients, reenactment of scenes and persons which are not actual or authentic, and depictions which are a dramatization.